Today we are looking at David, who was chosen to be part of God's rescue plan. He was also loved by God and the people. However, he's also facing up to the fact that he is guilty. So let us listen to his confession in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness, even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Saviour, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, so I'd bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in sacrifices of the righteous, in burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. David hadn't faced up to his guilt straight away. It was as if he was trying to brush it aside. But as a wise friend once said, when you bury problems under the carpet, you bury them alive. So God sent his prophet Nathan, who spoke a parable with a sharp point, much like those of Jesus. On hearing it, David was full of righteous anger and judgment, but failed to see, until Nathan spelt it out, that the finger was pointing his way. According to the law, there was no sacrifice available that would atone for intentionally sending Uriah to his death. David was in a desperate situation, the penalty for this sin was death. David did the only thing he could. He threw himself on God's mercy. We see from the first four verses that he acknowledges his guilt. There is no prevarication and no excuses given. The core meaning of the word transgression is rebellion against God. Later he says he can't see any good in himself. However, in confessing the truth before God, David opens the door to finding grace, the only hope of forgiveness. Only God could extend grace to David, but it doesn't mean that David would get off. There were going to be consequences. However, David didn't suffer the just penalties for his sins. He received mercy and because of the unfathomable act of love by Jesus, willing to take the punishment for the sins 
not just of David, but of the whole world upon himself. This door of grace still stands open now for us. It has been said, in fact, that the grace of God is written on each page of the Bible. Notice David says in verse 4, Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. This doesn't mean that no one else was wrong. Rather, he's using the phrase here to get at the heart of the truth. Years later, Jeremiah says, the heart is more deceitful than anything else, and Jesus speaks about some of the bad things that come from the heart. However, when David was chosen by he said to Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Also, David's described as a man after his, that's God's own heart. The use of the word heart describes our thoughts, will and emotions, in other words, our souls. David was confessing the truth that his transgressions started in his heart before they turned into words and actions. At that point, he was guilty before God. So we have this seeming paradox. God knows everything about David and yet doesn't reject him. David remains an integral part of God's plan of redemption. In this we see the foreshadowing of our hope. God knows us through and through, and yet for those who approach him, trusting only in the sacrifice of Jesus, we find grace, forgiveness and mercy. When we first do this, we are given a new heart. And when we fail and return again, as David had to, our hearts are cleansed as we walk in repentance. So as we draw to a close, let's reflect on where we are. Maybe we have things that have been buried under a carpet or in a dark closet for a long time. We've made our own prison cell, thinking that forgiveness is not available to us, that we are unforgivable, that nothing can be done to put things right. The truth is our Heavenly Father already knows and has been waiting patiently for us to come to him. Jesus came to set prisoners free. Like David, let's pour out our hearts before him. The door of grace will remain open until the time when Jesus returns. And since no one but the Father knows when that will be, let's not delay. Maybe we've known this forgiveness, enjoyed the freedom that follows, but we're aware of someone who needs it. Maybe it's because they don't know Jesus. Or might we need to choose to forgive someone? How are we going to respond this week? Let us draw near to the Father, willing to bring another to the throne of his grace. Now to the one who keeps on loving us and has set us free from our sins at the cost of his blood, belong glory and dominion throughout all the ages.